You're not watching it right. What was going on with Palpatine's son or Palpatine's clone? Wait, this is supposed to be entertaining? I'm kind of bored. No, I'm pretty sure this is the same guy. <laughs> this is awesome! Welcome to the Harmonica Brothers Variety Show. We now join this week's conversation already underway. All right, we're back. Another episode of the show. Instead of talking about Shang-Chi, which came out today, uh, we've talked so much about it, and but we all want to see it together. So instead, we're, we're keeping the drafts going. We're, we're drafting our Star Wars bridge crew. The main Star cast. Trek bridge crew. Star Trek, same deal. Trek Wars. No, as we just um, said before, as, as we said before the podcast, uh, before we started recording, uh, recruiting Star Wars characters to serve on like a Star Destroyer or the Millennium Falcon or something would be very difficult because whoever gets the Emperor and Yoda basically yeah. would rule the universe. So yes, we went with Star Trek. Um, because the draft was awesome. We think that was like our, I mean, I don't know. You guys have to tell us, the listeners have to tell us, but we think that was like probably our best episode. The one where we drafted Marvel characters. I got something funny to say about that one. Just after we did that episode, I saw an article where Kevin Feige said he is in absolutely no rush to do an Avengers movie. (laughs) He must've heard the draft. (laughs) Uh, Well, that would be awesome if he was listening to our podcast. Well, it's funny you bring it up because we all we all raved about Shang Chi. I don't think it's any doubt that he's going to be in the he's going to be in it. He'll probably get a second movie before they make the next mm-hmm. movie. But like they say in like the in the final trailer that came out on like Thursday afternoon, like get ready for the world's next Avenger. Right? Yeah, so, oh, that's right. So, I mean, you, wouldn't it be kind of a dick move to give this guy his own movie and then not include him in the Avengers? Well, obviously, if you're going to give him his own movie, the goal would be to like you know, have him appear in future projects, one of which eventually you assume will probably be the Avengers. Yeah. It's um, very clear that they're building him up to like have his own sort of sub franchise. So they haven't, they've only really done it with like Iron Man cap. They only done it with Iron Man cap and Thor of the original Avengers. And now they're doing it with Spider-Man um, and Dr. Strange. Um, yeah. And maybe cool. they would have done it with the Hulk had like, um, they not had to switch Hulks. I don't really know what happened there. I don't know why we didn't get another Hulk solo film. I throw my hands up. That emo- the, the emoji just shrugging. I don't know. Um, all right. So, so I would uh, take a guess as to why Hulk couldn't uh, get his own movie. Yeah. Oh. Uh, just because his story, own story would be too big. Like if you went to Sakaar and all of that, like Planet Hulk. Yeah, that's the most notorious Hulk story. Um, and also he's a good character that plays off others. Yeah, like he played off Hulk, uh, off Thor really well, right from the initial Avengers when when Hulk just cheap shots Thor. They've had that sort of back and forth, so it just seemed a, a natural progression. But then, why couldn't he get his own movie and Thor be like a secondary character in The Incredible Hulk? Thor what? had because because Loki. It's easier to market Loki with Thor. Your argument has holes, Kime. Swiss cheese. <laughs> I said I was venturing a guess. I didn't say I had all everything in, in place. Yes. So we're doing the Star Trek draft. Uh, we're drafting the bridge crew, Star Trek, Star Wars, whatever. Uh, Matt, what, how are we doing this? We, we, we decided on the rules before the podcast. We're not just like uh, winging it. We know uh, the order in which we're going. Um, we tried to do it fairly. Um, so... We just rolled for the first uh, slot, and then um, just everybody moved up one slot in subsequent uh, picks. 
And then the last two picks, because we're doing eight picks, um, we also roll for. So we are picking captain, first officer, second officer, uh, chief engineer, chief science or chief medical officer, chief security officer, helmsman, and then just a random eighth person who could fill any role. Um, because there's so many cool characters, uh, we wanted to just have the option, like, you know, throw anybody in there that we want there at the end. Especially, and yeah. Sorry, especially in like, again, I, I haven't watched a lot of DS9. I've watched No Voyager, but like sort of even like all of the shows like DS uh, that have taken place after or been made after TNG. So DS9, Voyager, um, Enterprise to a certain extent, Discovery, even the Picard show, they all have a lot of characters who aren't Starfleet. Right. Sort of very fun to sort of include characters. Wait, I thought we weren't including character. I thought the character had to be in Starfleet. Or they have, to, they have to be in well, Starfleet or they have to be in I would say Starfleet. Well, originally the, the plan was they had to be in Starfleet or at least very closely aligned with Starfleet. Like yeah. technically Odo is not in Starfleet, but he's okay. he might yeah, as well. That's a fair point. But but you know, um Seven of Nine Mar is not officially Starfleet. Yeah, like General Martok or Garrick, even though they work with Starfleet, they're they're pretty still firmly like yeah. but I on Empire, Cardassian, like you can't pick them. Yes. I think what I'm what I'm referring to is people who are not like they're not always they're not in the uniform, but they're like always working with the yeah. you know, even if even like a show like DS9 where there isn't a ship, there is still a bridge crew. There's still a yeah. main mm -hmm. a command crew. Exactly. And I think that there are and you know, and there there are characters connected to them who are not, you know, like you couldn't pick you could in you couldn't pick Alexander Roshenko, but you could pick uh, I don't know Major uh, Kira or Colonel Kira. Major Kira or Keiko or who what have you. The other thing we decided on is a mirror universe character or a Kelvin timeline character and, a, and in the prime timeline, those are separate. So you could, if you could pick theoretically Spock from the mirror universe and Spock from the prime universe to be on your uh, bridge crew. And Zachary Quinto. Right. That's what, yeah. Um, well, that's what I said from the Kelvin timeline, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you have been in Starfleet on screen, you are fair game to be drafted, but you can't like, but 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 if if the care even if the character was played by multiple people in the prime timeline, that's mm. still a single character. Like you can't pick you can't pick you know Anson Mount's um, uh, Captain uh, Captain Christopher Pike and uh, and Jeffrey Hunter's uh, Christopher Pike because that's the same Christopher Pike. They're both what, in the prime timeline. You know who Jeffrey? You know his name? It's Jeffrey. I do. I do. He was the original Captain Pike. Yeah. Um, Bruce and throws them all out of the water though, because he's Canadian. He actually um, was a really good Pike. Well, he was. well, Jeffrey Hunter was in like one, you know, like like one two part episode. So I mean, you can't really even compare them. Like Anson Mount brings like real life to the Captain Pike character. Um, okay, so the last rule is that um, a character can only be picked once per round. Um, so if Kai picks Captain Picard for captain, uh, nobody else can pick him for captain, but we each get uh, one free reuse card. So just if, just because Kai picked Picard for captain, I could still pick him for first officer or second officer or whatever, but uh, that's my one free you free reuse card. So if Kai picks Riker for first officer, then I could no longer pick Riker for 
uh, another role on my bridge crew. Um, yeah. So I, I think I think I think these rules sound maybe more confusing than they needed to be because yeah. uh, we should have written them down very in, in very succinctly, very clearly, and then just read them off. But we didn't, and that's kind of how we roll on this podcast. So I, I, you know, I guess if people are listening to this, they they're they're cool with that because yeah, yeah that's not new okay. for us. True facts. So for those of us who are still uh, on board with this, uh, yeah, let's. Uh, I guess let's get to it. All right, first round, uh, Captain. Now, Kai got the first pick. Kai rolls well when we do this, and ironically, when we play D anD D together, he never rolls well. Uh, so I'm, I was pissed because you got first pick last time with the Marvel draft. You fucked us. Okay, and, and last time we didn't switch it up as we went through the picks. He got first pick uh, right through. So yeah. this time we're like, no, nah, yeah. we got we to change it. Yeah. We got to give people a chance. Absolutely. All right. So, Kai, who's your pick for captain? The one, the only, captain, nay, empress, Giorgio. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Discovery? Yup. Jeez, Captain Giorgio. Oh, fuck. No, I said Empress. Oh, Giorgio. I went with Empress. Oh, now, God. tell us why. Explain to us why. Complete badassery all the way through. Knows how to get what she wants out of people. Love them or hate them. Knows how to deal with some very high-end technology. Blinked out... Uh, or out blinked a friggin' hologram. I loved that scene. Um, she's kick-ass fighter. Uh, great at psychology and knowing how to negotiate. She is the total package. And she has the loyalty of some very awesome officers like Captain Tilly, or sorry, Captain Killy in that universe, as well as that universe's Michael Burnham, not only that, but eventually she does soften up a bit and learn empathy. Not now, that she's not still badass. Now, now is the, Empress, oh. the Empress Giorgio you want, is she her original version or the one after she became good? I would say the one who is conflicted in the middle. Okay. Conflicted Empress was the cruelest, I think, because she was really trying to prove herself. Sure. Okay. I mean... I, you know, that's an interesting choice. I, I'm intrigued as to who the other people on your bridge crew would be because <laughs> I don't know how many people from like, the prime main universe would be comfortable serving her. Um, that's the other yeah. thing that we'll have to consider as we go on. We need to consider like how, like crew dynamics. And I think that will come up into like the success of the crew. All right. I'm up. Um, <laughs> you guys know i can't believe he's open it's jean-luc picard you're welcome if we're taking like picard and i'm not talking like early like um for the purposes of mine of what my crew is going is aiming for i'm not talking like tng he's like relaxed you know he's flirting with dr crusher every other episode as much as i love those scenes uh i'm talking right off of 22 years on the stargazer Picard. Okay. He was a badass. He was a hard ass. He needed Riker to, to soften him up. And, you know, he's just, he's this military guy 
You know, he's been hardened. He's had a rough life. You know, he still had a little bit of hair. Because uh, Kai pointed at his, at his bald head. No, his... I was talking about his sharp mind, you jackass. But thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I think, like, Picard, I think a lot of people get bo- get bogged down in, like, late TNG in episodes like, um, you know, uh, Darmok and Jalad. Or Darmok, sorry, is what the end of the episode is. They get bogged down in these really great episodes. But they forget how apt and how good of a military commander during the war with Cardassia with the Cardassians that Picard was. And I think that's, I think what a crew needs, at least what my crew is need is going to need what I'm going for. I mean, I'm screwing myself later on as I define him this way. But I think from that point in his career, Picard was at his best in terms of being a Starfleet commander, not like a, or Starfleet captain, not like a captain of a ship that explores like strange new worlds and seeks out new life and new civilizations, but like a, a crew that has a dedicated mission, and uh, that's the Picard that I think he's not my favorite Picard, but he's the Picard that the crew needs. I mean, what what can you say? Like, obviously, you can't fault anybody for picking Picard to captain their ship. Uh, I, in my opinion, he's. I mean, Kirk I prefer Picard over Kirk. Um, yeah, uh, the the only the only reason. I mean, okay, yeah, I'll just say that, like, based on. On, on the choices, because obviously I'm, I'm sure we all have at least three choices for each role because, you know, we weren't really sure uh, of, of the order when we first made uh, our lists. Um, I didn't I didn't actually put him uh, in any of those three spots for captain only because I just I wanted to see if I could come up with like reasons why somebody else might be like the best captain. Because like obviously the first thing my thing my mind goes to is Captain Picard. But I wanted to see like hmm, what would be a dynamic if I chose a different mm-hmm. captain. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, he's not. He wasn't even in my top three, even though he's undoubtedly like, come on, he's number one draft pick generally. Respect, Matt. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. You, you want to have some faith. You're like you're 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 trying to like build. Some, you're trying to build something. You're not going with. You're not going with the Connor McGregor. Connor McGregor, the Connor McDavid, or the Austin Matthews. You're building something with with it. You're like the Leafs. You're never gonna win. But you know, well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see based on our analogy. We don't know. In the comments, the six. I'm roasting the Leafs. (laughs) No, that's a pretty apt analogy. I'm, uh, you know, that that makes that's fair. That makes sense. I mean, the the only thing is, and I guess, I I guess this is because we we didn't see him. We, you know, we we saw him obviously when he first took command of the Enterprise, and he definitely was a a, a bit more of a hard ass. But we didn't see him on the Stargazer. We didn't really see him when he first left the Stargazer. So, you know, we haven't actually seen him having to make some of those tough choices, which I assume he did. Um, You get the sense that he is this character that they had framed very early on. And that was a lot, a lot of the pitch for Patrick Stewart. He's talked about it at length. There's this awesome documentary that William Shatner did called The Captains, where he interviews yep. all the captains. Oh, I wanted to see that, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. It's on Netflix, dude. Is it on Netflix? Are you? Sure? No, I don't. Think I thought. I've, I watched it on Crave. So, but as I was, but regardless, uh, he really says like it was pitched to me because he was only really done like stage and theater and stuff, and uh, it was pitched to him as he is this like patrician who is poised to be softened. And you take the patrician, uh, like Picard sort of model that like, you know, old world, you know, very haughty. He's got the big ass nose. So it works for especially as well for for Patrick Stewart. Um, His family owns a a vineyard. 
Yeah. Could you have more patrician background, a modern patrician background? Um, you know, if he was born today, he's, he's been, he's educated at Harvard and he, you know, uh, all these sort of family would own a vineyard. Yeah. It's all the old world <laughs> sensibilities. And you really get that from Patrick Stewart. And, you know, I think a lot of Picard is Patrick Stewart, whereas, you know, characters like, uh, you know, Spock and Spock is Spock and Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy is certainly the auteur of Spock, but, you know, a lot of the other characters who've been recast over the years um, are, it's sort of a lot more separate. And even Picard, if you recast him, he's so iconically Patrick Stewart as well. Mm. But that's, that's besides the point. Uh, okay. So uh, my number one pick, and I'm getting my number one pick because, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't been taken yet, is uh, Captain, formerly Commander, Benjamin Sisko. Um, oh. Now, okay. now, Part of my like decision was probably influenced by the fact that I am mostly through a Deep Space Nine rewatch, and I'm realizing that damn, this was like an even better show than I like remember it. Like in terms of storyline, it's to me it's it's the best. I mean, there isn't really much of an ongoing storyline in Next Generation. It's pretty episodic. Mm -hmm. But with the Dominion War, I mean, you see things build over years and years. And with Cisco, um, you got a guy who started out. He didn't even want. He didn't even want to stay with Starfleet and be on and and be in charge of DS Nine, um, you know. But you know, he came around to it. He really grew into his position. He was promoted. He's the only guy that we've seen. Um, I mean, at least I, I guess. I guess um, Michael's been been promoted in Discovery, right? Like she's she's had a battlefield promotion. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess even even uh, Saru, but but before Discovery, aside from Discovery, like he's the only guy that we've seen like start off as like you know a commander and then become a captain. We've seen other people get promoted to mm -hmm. other roles. They were largely meaningless, and you know it didn't really have a huge impact. But here, this guy's you know he, be, he became Captain Cisco. Uh, he's a guy who clearly has had to make a lot of tough decisions. I mean, how how he got the Romulans into the Dominion War. Um, that's you know, I, I don't even remember, like, before my rewatch, I don't even know if I'd seen that episode before. I think I missed it. Um, and, well, and You probably were watching it as it was coming out, or at least... Yeah, and then, like, after, just kind of, like, when it was on TV, it's only with, like, like all the episodes being on Netflix and stuff that I can actually sit down and, like, go through all of the mm -hmm. episodes. But, I mean, here's a guy who, you know, will... He, he does what, 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 what he feels has to be done, and... and um, you know, I, I, he's he's got a lot of experience in war. Obviously, as a guy who really led the Federation against the Dominion, uh, he's got experience captaining the Defiant, which has like a cloaking device, so it's pretty advanced technology. Uh, and Avery Brooks is just awesome in the role. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I want him to be my number one pick. He's he's got a very powerful presence, and so yep. it's going to create an interesting dynamic on the ship. And of course, it means that uh, Jean Luc Picard probably can't be anywhere on the bridge. Um, or even anywhere on the ship, since he led uh, the attack at Wolf 359, which resulted in the death of Cisco's wife. So it has cost me ever put, it has cost me putting Picard on my uh, bridge crew uh, at all. Now, just for the captains, I'm really curious about your guys' second and third picks. Uh, okay, because I, th I think it's interesting that we each got our first pick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I went right after that. My my second my second pick was Michael Burnham, and my third Ooh. pick through, because Michael Burnham because I it's entirely based on 
what we've seen, of course, because she's never actually been like captain other than I'm I've taken I have because like in the first episode, she essentially leads a mutiny uh, when true uh, against Captain Giorgio, the original, the prime universe Giorgio. But like if she loses it and then it's her refuse and then like for the rest of the show up until where it is at the end of season three, she's refusing to take on more responsibility. And then when she finally becomes captain at the end of season three, spoiler alert, it's so good. I love Sonequa Martin-Green. Like I was, I recently rewatched The Walking Dead and she killed, she got killed off of The Walking Dead so she could do Star Trek Discovery. And, oh. um, cause she's not, she's because her character of Sasha was an original character, um, was in the comics. And Sonequa Martin-Green is so good. And she's just a, she's a phenomenal performer. She's great as Michael Burnham. Michael Burnham is an amazing character. Um, sort of breaking the mold of like the reluctant hero. Um, and that was why I went with her. Uh, and I went with Saru because he was just awesome. And Doug Jones is amazing. And throughout my list, I do have Saru in a couple places just to be safe. Because um, he's a phenomenal character. I think he's the sort of character you know, not as a Kelpie and sort of as he sort of goes through his own evolution, but just man, Doug Jones getting to flex and act and like be in something that isn't like an hour and a half movie or where, where yes, he's behind a bunch of makeup, but he is more himself, uh, is really good. He's a actor, right? And he's not fucking having to play some weird water alien person thing in either Hellboy or uh, The Shape of Water uh, or any number of other things he's been in. Mm -hmm. but great character now those are my two other picks i would just add on that he has that ability to perform through yeah. the makeup yeah or really become one with it so that's matt yours um <clears throat> spoiler i don't have anybody from discovery in my captain slot because i don't care for discovery um but my second uh my, my second pick would have been uh catherine janeway um uh, i mean she she led the she, she she got them back from like the Delta Quadrant. They were like, yeah, they were like an insane number of light years away from you know uh, everything they knew, and she managed to not only did she manage to get them back, she managed to unite um, the you know members former members of the Maquis with people in Starfleet, and she you know so you can't go. I have, wrong. Watch, I have to watch Voyager and DS Nine, so I you don't. do. She helped them survive, you know, multiple encounters with with the Borg as well. Uh, and my my third pick was, come on, it's William Riker because he's my favorite character in all of Star Trek. Uh, so well, and and while I think Janeway and and Cisco make better, you know, would be better are better picks for Captain. I mean, I would have been happy with Riker uh, in 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 the Captain's chair just because he's so awesome. Uh, what were you? What were your two other picks? Okay. My two other picks were. Um, obviously Picard, love him, um, for all the reasons as mentioned. And my number three was Janeway, uh, for the same reasons Matt described. She had to make some of the toughest choices I think a captain has ever made on one of those shows because the responsibility and the Starfleet code like she actually met another captain who was in the same situation and they had done shit that she would never have even considered. And the, it was a, 
it was a very tense episode. Now and I watch. Now I'm intrigued. Dude, dude that that's that's the type that's the thing. A lot of people don't give her enough credit for episodes like that, for story like that, for building that character like that. And she doubts herself all the time if she's right for doing the Starfleet stuff and not getting her crew home faster. And it, it's such a great um, moral dilemma that she has to face. See, that's another so reason that I, I, that's another reason that I I, I pick Cisco because. I mean, the, you know, what he had to do to get, when you, you go back to the episode where he gets the Romulans in, into, into the war. Granted, he did not know exactly what Garrick was planning to do. I mean, I guess I, I, I'm trying to avoid spoilers because I, you know, I want Sam to watch these episodes at some point. But at the end, he's just like, I can live with it. Like, he's a, it's, it's a very interesting look at, 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 at a Starfleet captain only because I don't think Picard would ever like do something that's really morally mm -hmm. questionable and just be like, I can live with it. Like Cisco is a very unique character, I think in the, in the, in the Star Trek universe. Um, and because we, because you actually saw him having to fight a war, it wasn't something that happened off screen. It wasn't a little skirmish. Um, you know, he was put into the kind of situations where he had to make those kind of decisions and it's just compelling television. Uh, okay, so round two, uh, it's going to be first officer, uh, and the order is going to be Sam, then me, then Kai. Who's your first pick, Sam? Um, come on. It's Riker. <laughs> I, part, a lot of the reason I, I, the fact that I got Picard meant I kept, I stayed with Riker. Because they, as a, as a dynamic duo, as just balancing each other so well, which normally is, or nowadays in fiction, like, you know, having two white dudes balance each other out and be so, so somewhat similar, but also so, so different in all the best ways. Uh, especially in those early seasons where we sort of, it, Riker is always playful. He's always flirting with Deanna. Mm -hmm. He's always poking fun at Picard because he knows he's not going to lose his job. He knows Picard, like, knows that ultimately he is well-meaning and good and all these things and they just they soften and harden each other so well. And that sort of has built, and this is what I, my, my point, because they're a bridge crew, that chemistry on, in that first episode of TNG continues and holds to that, I think it was a, a pair of episodes, like an episode where he was in a lot of it, and then he was the final episode of Picard, you know? And the two of them are just mm -hmm. loving, which is so uncommon for two men, but it's utterly mm -hmm. dramatic, and that chemistry is just so ingrained in their characters and how either they have the, each character has changed the other. And it's, it has to be, it's gotta be Riker. Um, you're yeah. For so uh, my choice for first officer is uh, the legend himself. Although people who, you know, a lot of fans probably disagree, but he is a legend in universe. Uh, Captain Jonathan Archer. Um, yeah, interesting. Mainly because, you know, out of out of all the guy, out, out of all the, I guess you know, captain, other captains, or um, you know, high ranking members of 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 the bridge crew, I think he would be the one to probably best get along with with Cisco, just in the fact that, like, how many first contacts is Jonathan Archer responsible for? I think like. A, a, few. a lot yeah. and there's no prime directive 
uh, there's really no precedent for anything. So he's having to make these decisions kind of on the fly based on his own intuition and the limited knowledge he has. Um, and I just think he would be somebody who would probably recognize maybe the need for some of the decisions that Cisco might have to make or, or might be willing to make. And just the fact that he, 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 he had to do so much without really any, like any historical record to draw from, like no, nobody prime directive. before. Yeah. Like I said, there's no prime directive. There's nothing. He's got a, he's got a, a, he has to believe in his decisions and, 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 and live with them which is exactly what I was saying that Cisco did at the end of that episode. He's like, I can live with it. Um, and I think that's what Jonathan Archer had to do. And so I, I see him being a good first officer that would, that would compliment Cisco. Plus, I mean, come on, he could take command if he has to granted, like if we're on a 24th century ship, he'd probably be like, I have no idea what it, what are, what, what, what are shields and what are like, <laughs> what war, warp nine? What, what is that? But um, I, come on, I, 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 I Captain, I'm going to engineering. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I, I think yeah. he'd be able to sort things out. And plus, honestly, I like Enterprise, and I like the, the character of Jonathan Archer. Even though I know a lot of fans, you know, were like, "Meh, Enterprise kind of sucks." I disagree. I think it was pretty good. I was like, I, I think when, around the time we were starting this podcast, I was I rewatched Enterprise, or I watched it for the first time. I loved it. It is probably uh, from what I have watched, it is. I like up at his equal with discovery and I love discovery. As you guys know, it still hasn't beaten out TNG. Um, but yeah, I can't, I don't, I have no argument with you. And I think like him, you know, there's literally isn't a historical record to draw from is part of the reason why I still want to see that like a, 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 something more dramatic. And they make like a, almost a West wing style show where he, when he's shortly after he's been elected president of the United Federation. And maybe you could maybe like, you maybe you could watch. I don't know exactly what years the Romulan War took place. I don't know how old Jonathan Archer would be at that time, but if if he's still alive and still you know president of the Federation or whatever, it would be very interesting to maybe see that dynamic, but within the context of a war against Romulus because we've never seen that. Yeah, I think like they. I really like Sam's idea of the West Wing style with Jonathan Archer, except the Vulcans really did look like not. Yeah, the Vulcans really did look like Hebler elves. Yeah, but also I will argue that like Scott Bakula and the fact mm -hmm. that he only got friends as the character when you know people people love William Shatner. He got all these movies and all that he gets all this acclaim. But you go back, William Shatner, he's not some like baller actor, right? John, like Scott Bakula is a performer, and I think like in the same way like Avery Brooks, you get a lot of gravitas from him. You get it from Scott Bakula and. There, they'd be they'd be great together. I'm, you're totally right, Matt. I am so surprised. I am getting this pick, but I'm choosing the original, Mr. OG. Spock. The OG, Mr. Spock himself. Um, I think he would compliment, and I'm talking like season one version, like the stone cold stoic logic driven almost machine the guy who gets his his uh humanity questioned all the time by kirk that guy would be paired very well uh and be a very efficient number one to the empress so prime spock leonard nimoy spock oh yeah 
You should have chosen. Mir- you should have chosen Mirror Spock. No, they would have gone no, so well together. As, as, as both of the mirror. Of course, universe. but then I'd have like a whole mirror crew. It wouldn't. It would be weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they would actually. You'd be picking a crew at this point to like fight Starfleet, not to, <laughs> <laughs> not to, not to um, join them. Um, I guess that was the other thing. Technically, not all of our picks are from Starfleet. I guess they they could be from the Terran Empire. Yeah, <laughs> they could be from Mirror Starfleet. Essentially, we're we're allowing that. Um, yeah, I got nothing to say. Spock is yeah, yeah, well, excellent Spock, choice. Spock is uh, one of those characters who is so iconic to the. He's not just iconic to Star Trek, or he's just not just iconic to like pop culture or science fiction. He's iconic to pop culture. The idea of the erudite, intelligent, almost robotic person who it's really not within his character. Like within Spock's original characterization, there's nothing like I seek to be more human. Data, who is arguably more Spock and robotic, who is more Spock-like and more robotic than Spock, he it's in his character from that first episode, a desire to be more human. Um, and Spock, Spock never a, had that at all. Yeah, Spock is such a template of a trope, right? Yeah, you're totally right. Now you could probably go well, Prime Spock at his core is good. And Empress Giorgio at her core is probably still pretty bad. So I think they'd balance each other well. I can't imagine that they would work perfectly well together because... Oh, yeah. Uh, but what would be interesting, though, uh, is that it would probably test the limits of Spock's ability to be purely logical. When she's coming up with these really, you know, messed up plans, which are logical maybe from the sense of like, well, that's going to bring you victory, but like are pretty, you know, otherwise reprehensible. What would Spock do? Is that, yeah, okay, even if it's logical, is he going to go along? Which is why I didn't want to pick... Terran, I I really didn't see that much of a difference between Mirror Universe Spock and regular Spock in there that isn't sense. A huge, there isn't a huge difference because even Mirror Universe Spock in the end was like, yeah, he, he wasn't too bad. Yeah. Okay. So we are at uh, pick three. We're at pick three. And uh, that means I get to go first. For um, second officer. For second officer. Yes. And I'm kind of torn because there's a couple of people I wanted to pick for this. Yeah. But um, I am probably, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go with what, what, what I had, had planned to be my first pick anyways. And it's what Kai's first pick for first officer was. It is Mr. Spock. Um, because I think for kind of some of the reasons we were talking about before, his, um, you know, his, 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 his emphasis on logic um, over over giving into emotion, I think would complement well uh, with uh, the crew that I'm assembling here. Um, plus, I mean, come on, look at everything he's accomplished. Like, and this is Prime Universe Spock again, to be clear. Um, everything he's accomplished, I mean, he was basically responsible for like reuniting, you know, Rom- Romulans and Vulcans. Ultimately, um, you know, got a history as being first officer, commanding officer, and like Sam said, I mean, he's the you know, he, 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 he's the OG. Like, you can't go wrong with putting Spock on your team. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So that's my one reuse. Yeah, I, you know, same reasons. Spock is a great character. And that's sort of the ter- the third. So you got, who you got? Cisco. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. Cisco, Archer, and Spock. That's a lot of logic. I think you're all you're free thinking. Is well, I'm actually, now that I think about it, um, I probably actually shouldn't have chosen Spock um, because now when you go back and you think about how Archer for the longest time did not trust Vulcans. Um, and 
Um, Cisco, like there aren't many Vulcans in Deep Space Nine. It, I can think of one where like uh, Cisco had to play like a hollow sweet baseball game against him and his crew. Uh, but I remember him kind of like being, th- there was animosity, a little animosity between them. So now that I think about it, I actually don't think I probably should have chosen Spock, but Although you know, I, like, say, I took, my, it's like we're playing chess and I took my hand off the chess piece and now I'm stuck with it. So uh, <laughs> yeah, he's very officer. Interrupt what you said about DS9, but uh, in your defense, a lot of DS9 is designed. DS9 is designed to introduce new yeah. aliens and see how they were mm-hmm. received. But the, the mere fact that Archer has a history of distrusting Vulcans, um, even though I think he, you know, he, I don't know, maybe he, he softens a little bit towards the end, but I think it's still kind of there. Um, but hey, he did work. He did work very well ultimately with T'Pol. So it is possible. All right. Uh, I have nothing else to say. Nine. My choice for second officer is Data. Makes sense. This crew, A, um, she could have used him as his as her first officer, but she wants a living being there to, uh, to give her advice and to, to bounce ideas off of. But... She wants that android, that cold, hard, super strong android there to watch him and keep an eye on him and keep an eye on her. She, he, Data would be the perfect tool for, for the Empress. Yeah, I think like, like, like my crew, um, the crew you're assembling is like, yeah. um, Starfleet would actually, I think, have to like keep an eye on our crews. <laughs> <laughs> Because they're going to be going rogue a lot. They're going to be going rogue a lot. Fucking coup. Um, All right. Well, my my pick. My pick for second officer, because he rarely actually under did the duties of a second officer. He'd always pass the buck. But it's Scotty. Was he the second officer? Yeah, he was the second officer on the original Enterprise in the the original series. I. I really like Scotty as a character. You know, my I, I do my my favorite version of the character is Simon Pegg. You know, he's just more familiar to me. But uh, wow. Montgomery Scott in the original series, and most but mostly the movies is just so there's so much life to him. I think you know Picard, you know Shatner as as a Picard, Shatner as Kirk, what is always always somewhat uh, like samey, a little like you know, white paper uh, in each episode. Uh, Spock was very logical. Bones sort of completed the Trinity, but like Scotty was sort of the unofficial, like fourth member of the three Musketeers. Um, Okay. I see it. And I, I really much enjoyed like watching Scotty in those interactions, uh, especially as he became sort of higher ranked in the movies. Cause Scotty would be so awed by the A-W-E-D, odd by the um, the technology of the 24th century. Well, he was, right? Because that episode, I think, was called Relics. He would be totally down with uh, down with the cause. He'd be rocking that Galaxy-class spaceship, um, and he'd, he'd do really well, I think. And I think that with, like, the three of them, Riker, Picard, and Scotty, they sort of do, like, fit each other's empty spaces. Uh, Riker is certainly playful, but he's not frantic and Picard mm-hmm. 
tendency when he, Picard had a tendency to sort of fall into old habits when he would get frazzled, where Scotty is someone who is always trying, willing to try something new. Um, so yeah, so that's why I'm going with Scotty. I think he would play a good protege to Picard and Riker. He okay. would be able to balance them out pretty well, or, or rather Riker would be able to balance Picard and Scotty out really well because uh, Picard, the stoic and uh, Scotty, the well, captain, we can't, he was, he had that, that energy and it would be an, it would be an, I think it would be a very interesting trio to watch them bounce back and forth. It's certainly a crew that is like, you know, they're going to get themselves into trouble, but they're going to always be able to get themselves out of trouble. I'm, I'm pretty sure your crew is going to be sent to like bring in our crews. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, that is second officer done. Four helmsmen. I will choose none other than Sulu. Which Sulu? Original. But the but 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 other Sulu is going to be Spike in the Cowboy Bebop show. <laughs> <laughs> true. It's true. Shit, that's true. And he did have that badass sword. Shit, I should have chosen. I should have chosen. You took your hand off the chest piece. I took like my you. hand off the chest piece. Hikaru Sulu, as like the original by George Takei, like one of the characters that was had had characterization certainly, but like I haven't watched enough of the original series to know like was he ever tokenized in the original series or was it much in the same way Uhura was at times, or was he an active participant? I don't know how to put that. Um, he was there. He was present. He was getting lines. He was the original. He he rose up, became an admiral. He's just a damn good helmsman. He is the quintessential helmsman of Star Trek. Like when you think of a helmsman, yeah. And if he's gonna get to pilot something like the Enterprise, he knows he knows what he's doing. And I think they made it pretty clear that he's got like knowledge of like a variety of ships, and we know he can like we know he can fight. Uh, there's that oh, famous yeah. like, like fencing scene, right? Where he, what, what, what was the episode? Was he like possessed or something? Because he was kind of like something like that. No, yeah. no, that was another episode where he thought he was a pirate. Oh, okay, my bad. But yeah, he's clearly he's clearly got skills. So yeah, yeah, he is acting as D'Artagnan under the effects of the polywater intoxication. Well, because uh, when he when when Kirk asks Sulu in. Uh, the Star Trek movie and the the first Kelvin movie, the J.J. Abrams one, he asks, like, how, where did you learn to sword fight? And he said fencing lessons. So that was sort of a, a play and sort of a callback to that, to that episode. And, 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 and at least he's, you know, he, he, he was a helmsman. Like, it's hard to pick, like, you know, um, uh, you know, Colonel Kira or something to be helmsman because we have no idea. There aren't a lot of dedicated helmsmen. Yeah, we have no idea how yeah. she would like be able to fly. You know, well, I mean, I think they can all kind of fly to some extent because they pilot like runabouts and things like that, shuttles. Yeah. But whether or not she could survive like an actual battle or something, I mean, you kind of have to go with a helmsman, like an actual somebody who we know Great has point. actual experience piloting a starship. Speaking of Bajorans, and I don't know, I'm moving on. It's my pick. My helmsman is a dedicated helmsman, and I. I was originally, if I didn't get Picard for captain, I was going to go for with Picard for helmsman because he was um, helmsman on the stargazer yeah. and then everyone above him died. And that's how he became captain. And then they kept the battlefield yeah. promotion. 
My helmsman, though, Travis Mayweather from Star Trek Enterprise. Damn it, that was my number one choice. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, first of all, especially by the end, I was like hoping, like, if they make a sequel series, it needs to star this iteration, this character. I, I, I'm blanking on who played Travis Mayweather at the moment. Um, I could probably Google it. But in that show, the idea of being like the space boomer, uh, a character who is so, or who, who is a member of the first generation of people born in space, who is also the first helmsman on the first like warp two ship or warp three ship. Um, warp, Anthony five. warp five, sorry. If we're talking about the NXO one, then yeah, warp five. Yeah. And warp you five. call yourself a Trekkie. <laughs> the first enterprise but he's such an interesting character and he not nearly enough of him is explored in the show he gets a couple episodes he gets like more personal episodes than i think any of the other main cast members of that show because he isn't actually main cast he's i think he's like secondary cast um was he i think so no, I, can't I think remember. his name is in the no. opening he, he should be on the opening credits. But I don't think he's like primary, a primary character is what I'm trying to get at. Um, but I love him. And I think mm -hmm. that he's a dedicated helmsman. I think with my current makeup, he takes orders well, but he's not afraid to improvise. And I think that's sort of what Picard needs. And Riker needs someone he can sort of have a drink with at the end of the day. And I think he probably could have that, you know, when they, when they, you know, give the bridge up to, when they give it up to the, the night crew. And then with Scotty, I think like I could I imagine Scotty saying like I cannot do it, Captain. And then Travis is just gonna come like, okay, let's take a step back. You know, he's a very calming presence. Um, yeah, so that's why I went with Travis. Um, plus, I mean, like he 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 was flying the ship through like that Delphic Expanse to like fight the Zindi, and like I mean, he's a good pilot. Yeah, he's a good pilot, certainly. Yeah, and I think ha having that heritage of being the first something being a, a member of that first generation of kids born in space uh, is really sort of something they could have explored more and they didn't. And it's sort of why that whole enterprise era is like un, untracked, untrod ground, unshod, untrod um, ground uh, that's really untouched um, in Star Trek, you know, when they've constantly rehashed the TNG era. Well, you guys have kind of screwed me because you picked my uh, first and second picks. It was Mayweather and then Sulu. There's still a couple of people left. This is not who I initially had as like my third choice. I feel like this would like blow your mind if I pick this person to, to, to be my helmsman. But I think then I would just be like screwing myself like for no reason. Because like once the shocks weren't off, then I'm weren't off, then like I'm stuck with this guy as my helmsman. Um, so you know what? You know who I'm going to go with? I'm pretty sure he was the helmsman. I am going with Chekhov. He was a navigator and a helmsman. He was yeah. like both. Yeah. So he, you want me, you want me to tell you who my actual third choice was before I, I switched it up here? Yeah. Nog. Nog. Yeah. No. Paris. Tom Paris. Damn it. No. Well, see, here's the thing. I, I've watched some of Voyager, but I haven't watched enough of it, like to know. I guess. Oh, all, all I can say is he's a pilot. I don't really know. Yeah, I don't think we watched one. any Tom Paris like focused episodes. So, um, so yeah, you know what? I yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going I'm going with Chekhov. I mean, he's got he's, he's got a background as a pilot, as a navigator, like you said. Perhaps he was not the main uh, helmsman. I mean, the episodes in the original series don't seem to define their 
they're like, like what exactly they're doing at the helm there too clearly. I don't really know who's, are, you know, are, are they both flying the ship? Was one of them? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't get along with the people that are currently on the ship. Plus he already has a history with Spock. Well, it's interesting. Cause like I'm going over you, the, our picks so far and with, by choosing Chekhov, Matt officially has the most show diverse cast. I those. Um, yeah, that was something I was going for. Yeah, I wanted I'm to see both. like who I could like pick from from the different yeah. the different properties. I'm at three times at three. Uh, Chekhov, Chekhov, Chekhov. I like him a lot. I think that sort of as a character, he is sort of classic Starfleet a little bit. Um, when you think about the movies predominantly, uh, you know, he's, I think, I think back to that scene where he's with another, like sort of a, his current captain, because he never makes it to captain, I believe, in the movies, um, where they get cornered in the Wrath of Khan, they get captured, and then Ricardo Montcon, Ricardo Montalban is like, puts those like insects in his. Yeah, that's right. You know what? I totally forgot about that scene, but yeah, uh, that, that's, that scene. that's an unsettling scene. Yeah. Um, and but it's, it's, it's just a great character, and you know what? It's a good pick. It's a big, good pick. Um, doesn't it doesn't beat Travis Mayweather, but no, I, well, yeah, but that's why Travis Mayweather was my number one because I yeah. think he's yeah, he's yeah. awesome. All right, uh, moving on. Chief Engineer, I could make a pick that would really piss you guys off for taking him, but I could yeah. also do a cup because I have a couple of ideas. I know who you're, I feel like I know who your actual number one is, even if you don't pick this person. Yeah, my actual number one, I'll tell you who my actual number one is after you guys have gone. Okay. I'm going to go with, because of who some people are, I think no one else will pick later on. And because it's a crew, they have to work together. I'm going to go with O'Brien. He was he okay. was one of my, he was one of my choices, yeah. Yeah, O'Brien is a really good character. From what I've watched of DS9, he's in a lot of it. I really like him. I think with DS9, you know, we, there's none of the ease of, oh, we got to go to we got to go to the to deep space four. We got to go to this space station for a refit. You know, it seems like every seventh or eighth episode of uh, TNG or enterprises like that. And with DS nine, you get, you're in the sense of like O'Brien as chief engineer of DS nine. He's half of the station. He's having to do a lot of work to just keep the whole thing together, let alone keep it functioning. Right. All the fucking uh, uh, replicators get all fritzy. It's on him. Uh, you know, some some ship comes in that no one understands, and he's the best engineer anyway. But he doesn't understand it. He's got to come in and do it, even if though it's some utterly an actual, literally alien configuration. Um, so yeah, I think it's O'Brien with Chief Engineer. I'm I wanted to balance after, especially picking Scotty for second officer. I wanted to pick someone who would be like just fucking deal with it, right? Whereas Scotty is like always trying to reassure the captain. O'Brien's like. There's nothing to be done. What do you want me to do? Pull some shit out of my ass? And like, if they could swear a little And he more. has done that with Picard. Yeah. And I think uh, as I watch more of DS9, I'll be happy to see how he and Cisco interact. And I think because Cisco and Picard are very similar in that way. That's why they do butt heads a little bit. Uh, I think he would work very well with Picard as captain. Um, you know, the I, I look back on like episodes of TNG and Picard and Riker really didn't interact with Jordy a lot outside of like big climactic moments in engineering where something was wrong with the warp drive or they were mm. all, all working together. Cause they're like the highest ranking officer. Yeah. And I, I really like the idea of seeing O'Brien working with all of them. Also O'Brien and 
is is Irish and Scotty is Scottish. So seeing them like get get into Ireland versus Scotland feuds or just or just hanging out and liking and uh, relishing the fact that they both hate England and you know Picard is England uh, and they can just that you know, would be amusing. They can just fuck around like that a little bit. Like national pride. Nothing wrong with that. Plus, uh, plus he's the only like non-com that we like. It's a main character. Like everybody else is a commissioned officer. He is not. Uh, yeah, now he really? made when he was the transporter chief. He seemed to have two pips or whatever on his collar. I don't think they had really settled on it. But by Deep Space Nine, yes, it is clear he is a non-commissioned officer. Yeah, um, he way up like in an episode of Star Trek Lower Decks, they're talking about who is in like it, it's like thousands of years in the future and they're like who is the greatest starfleet officer of all time and it's, it's a golden statue of chief o'brien <laughs> the point is it's very much a rag he was an enlisted guy you know he fell in love got married had kids on the enterprise and then he moved on when he could have had a really bright future on the enterprise he moved on That's to something true. he believed in because he wanted to settle down or he wanted his family to settle somewhere and uh you know a lot of ds9 is it's very familial compared to other shows it's yes. not a bunch of like independent like characters it's characters who have people who rely on them o'brien characters like o'brien in the star trek universe are what you know starfleet and the federation is all about it's about you know it's ultimately about resettling it's you know it's about finding a new place it's you know uh, all these things and he has he does sort of get into a little bit if i recall correctly he gets a little bit into like what it was like growing up or what it was like for irish people and like hundreds of years before um and sort of how he's able to use that a little bit to to empathize with certain alien groups that they encounter especially the bajorans i think because you know we we get awed by the actor sometimes we forget the character and that's why i went the character of o'brien because cole meany really isn't is a lot of him is in o'brien but o'brien is such an interesting character on his own as well uh, my pick for chief engineer is probably who Sam actually had as number one and just didn't pick him. Uh, it's Charles Tripp Tucker the third. That was not my pick. Really? Oh, wow. You love Tripp. I thought you loved Tripp. I, oh, I geez. This is going to throw everything into chaos. He was my third pick, uh, but he wasn't, uh, he wasn't my number one. O'Brien okay. is my number uh, two. So it's Tripp. He was head and shoulders above like pretty much any other engineer like the Starfleet had in his time. Um, I mean, the mere fact that he has to like, you know, that, that episode where like he has to traverse between the two, like the Columbia and the Enterprise while they're in warp so that he can get on the Enterprise and like reboot the entire engine, like, you know, in like five minutes or something, because like nobody else is like capable of it. Uh, he's also got a background. He was the second officer, I believe. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of, yeah, it's between like him and T'Pol, but I'm pretty sure like T'Pol is... Not officially in Starfleet, so I think officially yeah. it's Trip who's the second. He was an observer, yeah. Uh, I think that was her role or um, something like that. Yeah, so he's got a background as a second officer. He's already got a history with Jonathan Archer, uh, who was my first officer. He seems like a guy who you could put in any time, like in, in any period of Star Trek. He would just need an opportunity to just like study study the mechanics of, of 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 the technology of the time, and he'd be like right up to speed and and be an awesome engineer. And uh, I mean, how many times did they have to turn to him to like fix something because they, they, they were in a desperate situation? Plus, he's the great character. Yeah. Coming back and making a Picard style show for the Enterprise crew and giving so many of them the endings they deserve. Yeah. I think it's something they mm -hmm. should do. They, they, they ultimately do did like some sort of comic conclusion, but they just the, the way they fucking did him in the show. Yeah. Like 
it makes it like it he died all, a hero, didn't he? No, he fucking does some like there was like an explosion in like uh when he was doing like routine repairs. It was like so lame. It was like in the final episode. He died in a flashback. Like it wasn't even a flashback, it was a hollow vid. Because you have okay, I I you know I said I remember character, but the way they brought Riker and Troy into that episode, complete disservice to the people who were on that show for like 80, 85, however many yeah. episodes it was. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but yeah, no, I, but to talk about trip, I, I totally agree with you on every front. He is a, someone who is so whip smart. And like, if you put him in a position where you needed to know more information, like an engineer, like O'Brien or Scotty or Jordy, based on the time in which they live, they have to know so much more because it's yeah. much more about a lot of things working together. Whereas, uh, with trip, it's just pretty much the warp. So when he's, doing other things he's always able to engineer and science his way out of the problem he's very much like that macgyver type character he seems like 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 a prodigy essentially when it comes to engineering yeah. and i Absolutely. don't know if you could say that necessarily about the other chief engineers um i don't know if you know they would have been as irreplaceable as uh trip was to the yeah. press. totally agree totally agree so you pieces of garbage are just dangling the the visor in front of me and I hate you for it because I had a feeling that was not going to be my choice. I would not get the great Jordy LaForge. Yep, he was my first choice. Because my choice for my crew is Belana Torres. Who? Chief engineer of the Starship Voyager. Bill, what? What? Who are yeah. these characters? She's, she's, she's half Klingon. She's half Klingon. She is the former Maquis chief engineer. And she ran with uh, some hardcore Maquis uh, troops there. Not troops. What are they called? Um, rebels? rebels? Yeah, Rebels. Yeah. Um, and... The reason I choose her is because she is not only knowledgeable in Starfleet technologies, she is knowledgeable in hundreds of aliens technology. She has been through the Delta Quadrant with all sorts of stuff. She has helped take on the Borg species 4286, 4768. Um, what was it? 472. 4... 8472 sounds right. Yeah, well, I never get the number combination right. Uh, but those guys were bitch slapped the Borg around. So that's, uh, you know, that's where Belana fits into her abilities to, uh, to, to handle shit. And she had to like keep that ship going for the friggin' Delta quadrant. I mean, that's some impressive engineering to be what able to do that. What are these numbers? What are these words? I need to watch Voyager. <laughs> yes, you do, sir. Yes, you do. What is happening? I need to go back to Stargate. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. I fully admit it's like this is a bit of a tan much very much a tangent. Man, I was born at the wrong time for T for like really good TV, right? Like I've watched all of Arrow, but like that's not a fucking accomplishment. Everyone watches Arrow. No offense, no mean to roast our fellow. Good lord, that is the dirtiest burn I've seen. That's not an accomplishment. Way to just stomp something down. Hashtag that's not an accomplishment. But like, 
man, all the Voyager and Ooh. I gotta watch these shows. Fuck. I think you'd really enjoy them. And after your most recent anime binge, I think you're gonna need to take a break. Yeah. Do some do some trekking, and yeah. then eventually watching, come back to Cowboy Bebop. I'm watching the Dexter. I'm the Dexter. I'm watching The Wire, The Sopranos, and Dexter all at the same time right now. So like, or like alternating episodes. So. I'll finish a season and then move on to Star Trek. Um, yeah, I, I like your pick. I like um, the idea of sort of a character like that in a role, especially if she's former Maquis. I've put together enough about them to know that that's very much a feat. And also she would fit with who you're rocking right now. You're, you've got like a lot of iconoclasts and, you know, people who just don't fit in. And I think you're, it's very much like you got your ragtag band of adventurers and that's sort of, when they, when everyone's a ragtag individualist or outsider, it works. And you know, I have a I have a theory of categorizing our crew sort of motifs, and I think I've got you guys pegged down pretty damn well. Chief of security, uh, Matt, you got first pick. This one was difficult for me because there's uh, a couple of people that I was torn between. Um, but you're gonna, fuck me, you're gonna fuck me right now. He's gonna <laughs> fuck with both of us, I think. I don't, I um, yeah, okay. There's only, yeah, it, it has to be this person because my number one pick, like, I've already used my free card, so I can't, I can't, I can't take this person, which means this makes it easy for me. My number one pick for chief security officer, even though a lot of the people he's supposed to be like subduing get the better of him uh, <laughs> it's Worf. oh yeah because he's awesome <laughs> like that's yeah. that, that, that that's all there is to it war i i need Worf on my ship i have to yep. pick him before somebody else gets picked he like he's still super strong he's still a klingon um yep. it's just you know people yeah. turn out to be stronger than him um plus he can assume you know with the background with with his time um on the defiant and on deep space nine he can assume command if necessary he's got a lot of experience to draw from um because i think i think chief of security is also kind of chief tactical officer it seems like yeah i think like i think because it actually in universe it changes on purpose as starfleet because tactical officer implies that we are a war vessel yeah of war but he wharf has never actually served on a non-klingon war vessel exclusively he served on the defiant mm -hmm. is the defiant specifically a, a vessel of yeah. war it was designed to combat the borg and uh yeah it's yeah yeah but yeah you know sorry go on uh so yeah i mean he not only served on the defiant he commanded the defiant uh including at the battle of sector 001 at the beginning of first contact um and you know, as I think he's still the only Klingon in Starfleet. I mean, I don't, I don't know about the Discovery time when it's a thousand years later, but I don't know about Discovery now that it's jumped a thousand years into the future. There could be more. The there Klingon Empire could be part of Starfleet. Who knows? Yeah, the, the bad guys in the first, the, the, the most of the third season were the Orions. Yeah. Um, so we don't really know. You know, there's still a lot to, to be explored there. But you know, as of as of the next gen era, the DS9 era, he's the only Klingon in Starfleet, um, yep. and you know, his experience is going to make him. Uh, a useful tactical slash security officer. Um, plus, Michael Dorn is awesome. He, I really yeah. want him to come back into in, into either season two or season three of Picard, 
I want him to be captain of the Enterprise. I want to see him as captain of the Enterprise. It would be awesome to see that he is the first Klingon to not only be in Starfleet, but to be captain um, of... I don't think he'd get um, the Enterprise, though. Riker's not letting that ship go. Riker's retired. Riker's retired, but when he does come out of retirement, he's an admiral, and he heads. He, he uses the Titan as his flagship, not the Enterprise. Oh. Yeah. I always thought he upgraded the Enterprise. I don't no. think he ever got the Enterprise, which which sucks. But based on the only people that are left, the only people that it could be are Jordy and Worf. And based on Worf's experience on DS9, it, sh it should be Worf. Because even, I don't think he ever achieved the rank of captain. Well, he didn't. Mm -hmm. um, and he never was the official captain of like a ship. He did command like the Defiance. And so right. he has experience and, and it would be cool to see him. But anyways, yeah, he's my pick for chief of security. Are, are Klingons longer lived than humans? No. They usually die with honor before they get to old age. I am choosing. Uh, I'm surprised that I'm I'm getting to choose him. I really thought you would have you were going to screw me, Matt. But I'm choosing oh, Malcolm. No. Uh, I think as the he out in space, he is just the right amount of paranoid uh, for the Empress's chief of security. She is going to be. He is going to be pulling a gun on everybody. And when he reaches the proper timeline where he gets all those juicy toys, security toys, oh man, he is going to be uh, he is going to be enjoying his job in running the tightest ship for the Empress. Yeah, and and we know he has a he has a history with the with the original section 31. Yep. <sighs> Absolutely. So he's He's not just a chief of security for her. He's also a chief of intelligence, I would say. If if Spock wasn't, then he would be. Yeah, Malcolm's a solid pick. And and I honestly, all the characters on Enterprise are great. I think they're all great. But but Malcolm is 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 one that I think we can all agree Malcolm is a pretty awesome character, right? Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think him showing off the growing pains of transitioning from a war or from like basically always being ready for war footing and sort of this, the metaphor works really well considering he's a white British dude. Um, but aside from all that, Malcolm just, he's, he's just a great character and you really get that like the tactical officer, the security officer or any, whatever you want to call it, whatever it was called when he was in that position, um, especially in later seasons of enterprise as like they, the UN and Starfleet force the enterprise to have like, active military on the ship and yeah like, butting heads with them and like no there is a proper way to do things because we are not a warship we are a a vessel of like yeah and, and science um malcolm shows it off really well i have gone back and forth on a couple of these and right now i'm realizing there was someone i was totally forgetting um and someone, I think it's safe to say I'm picking someone I know much more over someone I want to pick just to fuck with Matt. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Ash Tyler from Star Trek Discovery. Um, the one who was... Who the hell is Ooh. Ash Tyler? Oh, yes. I know him. He was the guy oh, who... Really? Yes. They manipulated his brain or something, right? They manipulated his brain and essentially did surgery on someone and manipulated Ash Tyler's brain and basically turned a Klingon into Ash Tyler. Um, and then Ash Tyler came back. It's very confusing, but he was security officer of the, uh, the discovery for uh, a, a period of time in season one and part of season two, uh, or in season two, sorry, he was in section 31, but in season one, when he was chief of security, 
Uh, he was a, a really good chief of security. And we, for a character, we really, because Discovery is much more character driven. It's not much less about mm -hmm. the mission because that just speaks to the time in which it is coming out. It's more about character and sort of the big arc than like the, epi the episodic um, like standard uh, layout, but format, I should say. But with Ash Tyler, uh, you know, he's just a good character. He's an interesting character, you know, going from being a, a Klingon warrior and undergoing, what was it called? He underwent uh, Choha, uh, so he would appear human during the Federation Klingon War. He was just interesting. I don't really know what to say about him. You have to really watch Discovery. There's not individual moments I can really pick out, uh, except for that he was a good warrior. He was a really great love interest <laughs> for the main character. Uh, and he was really compelling as someone showing off like the deep, deep levels of trauma that Vok went through as an albino, uh, as first an albino Klingon, and then through the the trauma of going through Choha. Choha. I don't know. I don't know. If, uh, my Klingon is not as good as it could be. Uh, yeah, uh, he's a he's a Discovery character, Matt. <laughs> you ought to watch Discovery. And, I and watched season one into a Discovery, but I've seen it once, and I. I really wasn't emotionally invested, so that's why I, for a second I couldn't remember who he was because yeah, it's, he just so, didn't. Asian actor, um, uh, British actor. He played uh, Lieutenant Ash Tyler. He's a good character. He's a good character, and now he's currently the head of Section Thirty One as of the end of season two of Star Trek. I'll watch Discovery again when they make an episode as good as The Inner Light. Okay. Okay. You know what? Like you chick. Okay, and I'm just gonna say let's make the. I, I will watch a new Game of Thrones like shitty game of thrones remake or you know copy as soon as they make an episode as good as the reigns of castamere like what, what the fuck are you saying <laughs> best episode of tv of all time and i don't know i thought the red wedding was pretty uh destructive to a lot of people's psyches the red wedding wasn't the, the, the name of the episode with the red wedding in it was the reigns of castamere oh that was what it was called oh, okay my mistake my mistake because that would give, Cut. give way too much to people who read the books anyway moving wow. on uh, I don't go first on either of these two. So next up is chief medical officer slash chief science officer, uh, occupying a very similar space. Um, Kaim, you're up. I'm glad I get first pick on this because there's only one pick my crew could have that wouldn't, uh, object to ethics. Oh, could... So I'm choosing for the position of the doctor, I'm choosing the doctor. Oh, okay. I can live with that. That is the doctor from, uh, from, yeah, <clears throat> that is the doctor from Voyager. He is a hologram. He is hilarious and a very fascinating character about holographic rights and artificial intelligence rights. Um, he writes a book or sorry, he writes a hollow manuscript and he gets ripped off by his publisher and then it has to go to court about whether he is or he can own a program can own an artifact. Uh, sorry. And then it goes to court to see whether a program can own their own intellectual property. So, yeah, not only that, but he can be reprogrammed, which he was several times. Uh, sorry, did I say several times? Um, Sorry, let me say that again. Uh, he was reprogrammed in Voyager. So, you know, there's any ethical considerations that he might have working under this crew. I'm pretty sure they could get thrown out the window and he'd be hilarious at the banter. 
he was on my list. He was not the number my not he's not my number one pick. And I was that lead in. I wasn't sure well if you were going to take uh, the guy that I want, but yeah, he's uh, he's a solid choice. I mean, yeah, I, I it, for your crew, I think he would he would he would fit in perfectly. Plus, didn't they give him like a command modification or something as well? They so, like, did. He can yeah. in an emergency situation. His uniform turns red and extra pips pop up on his collar and he can he can take command uh and he's he gets a command upgrade which is pretty cool so you're choosing him specifically not the holographic not the emh but but his 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 version of the emh what like, no, they, like I, okay so i would choose the version of him um when he was more indignant and about being the medical officer not just a hologram He's like, I am a medical officer. You shut your whore mouth, that sort of thing. And when he got his emitter and he could move around freely, he was also like, that would be a great program. If they're on an away mission, they're like, shut up, doctor. I'm putting you in my pocket. And then something goes wrong. They just pop him out. And all of a sudden they activate him. He would also be a very epic tool for them to use. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I haven't watched enough doc, much enough Voyager to really comment, but the character of Doc is certainly one who is known to me. Uh, interesting character, compelling character. I think I, the one scene that sticks out is when he he like sings opera uh, in front of like during the talent show, and everyone and Janeway just sort of comes in. She's like, "What the fuck? This is awesome!" Kind of look on her face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she just begins to do that slow smile that really only, that only Kate Mulgrew can pull off, um, and it gives you a lot of insight into the sort of character doc becomes because i know he yeah. obviously begins as an artificial intelligence and um he's kind of a dick actually yeah. and i think that's why he would gel with the crew because he has a bit of an ego when you you mentioned the singing there's an episode where a species that's never heard singing um they turn him into a god almost and Janeway's like, uh, dude, you have medical work to do. What are you doing going down to the planet and entertaining? Do your freaking job. And it was it's hilarious for him to like be such a prima donna, diva, if you will. Um, I also like the scene in First Contact. It's not him, but the scene in First Contact where an EMH just like him gets activated. Right. And you know, because she needs, she needs him to like distract the Borg or something as they like make their escape. Yeah. Yes, I still get my number one pick. Um, again, it's probably influenced because I'm a little bit influenced by the fact that I'm, you know, doing a rewatch of, of DS9. But it's Doctor Julian Bashir. They did genetic experiments on him, so he's. I I I I don't know exactly. I can't remember, even though I saw the episode recently. I guess how did they alter his 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 his, his genes? It was like. They, they did something to his intelligence. What was it specifically? Yeah, I think he has yeah. like heightened intelligence and something. Like yeah, that. that's all I can I can think of. Even though like I should remember it more clearly because I'm rewatching it. But I mean, so that that alone, uh, you know, is beneficial for him as a doctor. Um, but also just like his commitment to 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 being a doctor, his commitment to the Hippocratic Oath, like the mere fact that like like he's helping Jem Hadar, even though like they're essentially like enemies i think this was before maybe the war officially broke out but still he knows jem the jem hadar are like soldiers for the dominion and the dominion are a threat mm -hmm. but he's still trying to help them you know um find a way to get off like tetrazil white um you know the, the thing that's supplied to them by the oh, by, by the right, and the right. Dominion. 
they're dependent on it to to survive essentially um and uh like you also see in those episodes you know his commitment to helping the other the uh, other people who've been genetically enhanced who maybe can't live this kind of life that that he's been able to live mm -hmm. because um the enhancements had detrimental effects on them i mean he's just somebody who a super stand-up guy generally um it's been a while since i've seen the end so i'm going to reserve judgment i know he's recruited by section 31 uh and he turned it down um but i'm pretty sure he opposes their plan in the final episodes again i haven't seen those episodes i'm almost there but i haven't seen them since i watched them years and years ago he does he is against section 31's plan correct yeah i think that's so I can't. I can't really so then, remember. So it is possible he's not quite as much of a stand-up guy as I as I as I think he is. Because again, I don't remember the last ten episodes clearly. Um, but up until this point, up until at least the midpoint of season seven, I mean, you know, he's he he's he's a good guy, and I think again he has a pre-existing relationship with Cisco. Um, and I don't think any, I don't have a crew like like yours, and that like they're going to be like actively doing like really messed up stuff which 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 your crew might be uh my, my, mine is maybe a little bit um, ends justify the means but i think they're still like moral he'll 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 fit in with the he'll fit in with the crew yeah like so star trek has this whole history of eugenics and genetic alteration and like the perfect human if is the perfect human and android with data stuff and it's interesting to me that they they get into it in ds9 as well you know, there was this whole history to the Star Wars, to the Star Trek universe that happened sometime, like, between World War III and um, the events of uh, First, First Contact. Contact. Yeah. So there's this whole history that we don't know and sort of getting some insight. I know, I don't know it. Again, haven't watched enough DS9, but getting a lot of it from sort of backstories of, like, you know, main characters. Because Bashir is a main character in DS9. He's not like... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. hanger on um it's really interesting uh to me that they would sort of ex use a main character to explore that not like one or two episodes with like a handful of different like well for the longest time he kept it secret like yeah there's a whole yeah. episode where it comes out that he was like because they're not allowed i don't think people who who have had genetic experiments done on them are allowed to serve in starfleet or something there's like a rule and so, so they're illegal yeah there's that too but i'm not even sure like there's, there's a whole thing. There's a reason he kept it secret. Um, and then there was a whole episode where it came well, out. Well, something to do with medical school or something. Like he was going to lose his license or his parents would go to jail or something like that. Yeah. Again, I only just saw these episodes, but I guess because I'm going through them so quickly, um, things are kind of blurring together. Interesting how none of us picked uh, a science officer. We all picked doctors. I think that speaks yeah. to Star Trek. You know, the character of the doctor yeah. is interesting because the science character... Like there, the, there is only a chief science officer, and Spock is the only chief science officer that I can really recall. The others are always doctors. Um, but sticking with the chemistry, and because I need, I need some good, good flirting in my in my Star Trek. I it's Doctor Beverly Crusher. She is just awesome. I I love her. I love Gates McFadden. I love her so much. It's like when I was watching it. I remember watching TNG for the first time when I was like in my late teens. I was like, oh, this is why I like redheads. Because my parents were watching this when I was a baby <laughs> and it all rubbed up, rubbed up on me. Like, I love Gates McFadden in that role. She's so intelligent and well-spoken and 
like warm, but also like cold in that way only a scientist can be and in the way that like a physician, only the way a physician can be like, she's very willing to like make those hard decisions. And I think that's why a lot of people like Kate, like Janeway as well. She seems willing to make those tough decisions and she makes tough medical decisions a lot for like other main cast members for the sake of their families when they're on the ship for the sake of, you know, when there's some sort of accident and many people die on the ship or there's a, there's an attack or they in a fight. And whenever she, and as rare as it was, I always loved it when she would be on an away mission uh, because you knew that there would be something she's only there. They weren't going to be bringing sort of the, the, the clout of, or the acting chops of Gates McFadden down onto that, uh, onto that away mission, unless they really needed it. And it always ended up paying off really well. I think her, her chemistry with the other cast members would with Picard mainly, um, but, you know, with, with, I, I could sort of imagine her working with, you know, Travis and sort of being, um, or sorry, not Travis. What am I saying? Uh, with, um, uh, you know, all the Wesley, Wesley a little bit, but Wesley's not in my, <laughs> on my yeah. list at all, but he is, does have to be on the ship unless he's already been sent to Starfleet. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking like season eight, season seven, yeah. like carefully crusher, like, uh, you know, uh, I just like the idea of her working with people and she would have really good chemistry with everyone. So also she made it to captain as well of her own That's science true. vessel in, in a, in a side, in a, in an alternate universe. We don't know if that actually happened. Oh, right. Right. Was, right. You mean the one where she was Picard's ex-wife. Yes. Uh, yeah. That was just a, a side thing. I don't think they were act. That was a real thing. Maybe it was, I think she could have the captain chops and I think she could out of everyone I've picked, she would probably be the one most, able to take command with the exception of Riker because right. like Scotty couldn't do it. Mayweather doesn't have the experience. O'Brien maybe could do it if it was in that sort of emergency. He's you know, not the decisive. I, I don't see him being able to. Ash Tyler him. couldn't take over, but I could Beverly Crusher certainly could like take, take charge. Oh yeah. Pretty much all my guys now that I think about it could take command. Yeah. But I think that speaks really like uh, this also speaks to like the the sort of characters we look to. I like chemistry, you know, and ability. Yeah. She's really good at what she does. Everyone I picked is really good at what they do, and they're really but they're out going outside of that comfort zone is very rare. Um, yeah, that's that's my my pick. So we are at eighth, the eighth officer now. Just the, the random person. They're the optional, the utility player, as it were. Yeah. And this person, it doesn't have to be Starfleet. They can be Starfleet oh, affiliate. Only, can they be? This is the CFL extra player, Matt. You're so up. wait. Well, no, wait. Now, now, now I'm hearing a new rule here. Um, wait, can they be an affiliate or do they have to be Starfleet? They have to be in the Federation they, or they have, or they have to be directly, uh, directly as a character related to someone in Starfleet at the very okay. least. Okay. Right? It could be a Starfleet officer in a position like, you know, like Deanna Troy would work here. Wesley Crusher would work here. Um, they don't occupy like a, like a bridge position, um, but they're very, but they're still on the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Troy is like okay. literally on the bridge. A lot. The main uh, of this of more fan fiction. You know, I am, I am, I'm going, I, I, I think, I think I need this on the ship because I think they're going to get into some hairy situations. They need a counselor. So it's going to be Deanna Troy. I mean, she, you know, her empathic abilities not only make her a great counselor, but she's able to kind of like 
you know, figure out maybe some of the intentions or motivations of certain people by sensing their emotions. So she's helpful that way. She did rise to the rank of commander as well. I'm pretty sure like right. in the, in the, in the final season. Um, so she's yeah, crew. she earned bridge crew. Status. Yeah, she definitely earned bridge crew. She started wearing like the uniform, like That's in, right. the, in the last season. Um, and I, I, I think you need somebody to help with like, you know, like you need somebody in that counseling role on, on a ship, especially my ship, which is clearly going to be like in battle a lot. Um, you need somebody that, that that's going to be there to talk to people. So yeah, it's Deanna Troy. I was torn. I, I, I was torn. I kind of also wanted Chakotay to be on my, just cause I like Chakotay. Um, he's, he, he's, he's, he's Voyager. Yeah. But, but I, I don't really, really think not Neelix. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I just i don't think he serves much of a purpose uh whereas they're like she, she has a very real role to fill on on the ship so that's why i went yeah. with her all right i've got yeah. too many like second i've got too many commanders and captains and, and stuff already on my ship so it would be interesting to see her and spock oh, like did she send some emotions coming off of him i don't know well, I'm kind of I'm kind of shipping Jonathan Archer and Deanna Troy right now in my head. I'm that would be a juicy triangle. <laughs> that would be a juicy triangle. Like, oh, I'm sorry. who said? I'm sorry. It's the 20. It's after the 21st century, man. Riker and John and Archer, they might be, you know, a little amenable to to hanging out at the same time. I don't know, man. It's whatever. And then a thousand pens hit a thousand pieces of paper on Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> My pick, my pick huh? for the eighth slot is perfection. Okay, I've I don't already... know perfection. Who is who is who is that it's... person? Obviously, <laughs> he's picking Q. Their spouse is already there. It's the botanist extraordinaire. It's Keiko O'Brien. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Solid. Solid choice. Well, well, first of all, I always like the idea of the generation ship. You know, the mm -hmm. like. He, like that's why I think TNG is so good because like there's families living here and Picard is like why are the families on this starship? I'm an old man and I'm very very grumpy at this. Ah, kids, I hate kids. Well, Brian's an enlisted man and Keiko is this sort of like very elegant, well educated. She's a botanist. She's a doctor. She's all these things uh, and sort of teacher. You know, teacher and there's a lot of like and they like we need a school and she like makes the school on ds9 and i think that sort of outside the box thinking you don't get from all these people who are for everything starfleet says it is it is first and foremost a like anything you need to enlist or have officers it's a military organization there's not enough non-military personnel around mm -hmm. cork is one of them certainly odo is just a different kind of military officer uh but keiko is you know and and counselor troy's and it, it even is trained to counsel people in starfleet but with keiko o'brien you get like some really like outside the box energy you get civilian energy i think especially with my with my makeup you've got people that run the gamut from like enterprise all the way to discovery like late discovery you need someone who can bring a little levity to to that you know much the same way like a tilly does or a stamets mm -hmm. Does for and kind of won't recognize what I'm saying here. Um, I, I know who they are. Come on, I, I have watched the first two seasons once. The season third, season three is bet is the best season though. But um, season two seasons already soured me on it, so I just can't get back into it now. 
yeah, that's my pick. Pretty, it's a pretty simple pick. All right. Thank you for leaving the one, the only one that would really fit mine. Wouldn't feel like a prisoner on my ship. I'm picking Cleveland Book Booker from Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. Oh, he's, she, she meets him in like the first episode of season three, right? She, she being, um, um, Burnham. Burnham, yeah. And so, book was actually on my list, and I was like, I changed my mind at the last second to like um, stick with my first pick of Keiko. Book's a good, a good pick. Considering everybody else on my list, they are all officers. Book is straight up a criminal. So to have him as a presence or a voice next to people like Malcolm and Spock, uh, that would be a very, and whereas Gregory would definitely, ah, damn it, I did it again, uh, where the Empress Giorgio. would, huh? Giorgio. Giorgio, yes, where the Empress Giorgio would uh, occasionally listen to a thieves tactics or that other sort of point of view. Um, I think it would be the, the, there would be officers who would be like, we can't trust a scoundrel like him. And that would be, I think that would be very interesting uh, back and forth, not to mention phenomenal actor um, whose name I absolutely don't know. Like most of the people on the list, I, think that he would be a great fit with the the rest of the cast that I've picked. Yeah, Book is a great character. I mean, fundamentally, he is one of those uh, characters in any sci-fi genre that you would expect to see. If there's a if there's a space, you know, empire, there is a space pirate or a space scallywag. And he Dude, is he's he's essentially Star Trek's sexy black Han Solo. I'm sorry. Was Han Solo not sexy? Ex ex oh, excuse you, kind. Sorry, oh. I I guess I couldn't fall for the go-go boots. Get I guess the, that was get it. In the comments, listener. Controversy. <laughs> I'm thinking Han Solo's not hot. I didn't say he wasn't. Well, Force Awakens Han Solo's not that hot, but okay. No, I like grouchy old man now. <laughs> they're they're my favorite characters. But book book is a great character. Um, he's got a sick, he's got a sick, uh, sidekick in grudge. Uh, oh, grudge yeah. the cat. he's got a cat. He's and, got a cat. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Your, your, your ship is chaos. Like, yeah, you, 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 you guys are kind of like the ravagers of this, uh, <laughs> this universe. I'll explain, I'll, you know what? I'll explain the themes we just chose in, and it, the, our choices really do reflect what we want to see in a crew and the type of show that we would most enjoy right now. So the theory that I have, or the observation I will make is that Sam, you want to watch a show with a lot of good debating and political sort of back and forth. You want a very hard, you want an episodic character driven show with lots of juicy conversations between some very fleshed out characters and you want diplomacy to be the most like that 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 diplomacy juiciness that's what you're really hoping to see in the exploration matt i think you want to see some old school star wars <laughs> <laughs> i want to see star wars in star trek yeah kind of <laughs> i was gonna say 
you want to see the swashbuckling war show. You want to see the uh, frontier, the last frontier kind of um, Star Trek. That is your thing where they're out, they're facing new challenges. Sometimes they got to blow shit up. That is, that is the Star Trek I think you want to see. And me, I want to see espionage. I want to see political upheaval. And I want to see sort of the backroom politic talking of, because my crew is essentially a section, a sector 31 crew, top to bottom. You know, they are, they are all, they are all perfect candidates, maybe some of them better than others, but that's, that's the show I got right there. Yeah. I mean, so essentially Sam got the next generation. I got deep space nine. And I don't you know. I think you might actually have some, some, uh, some, well, original series. Well, I was thinking more in terms of like, I'm thinking about all these battles and stuff that they're going to end up fighting. That's DS9. Um, okay. Which just makes sense because Sam's captain is Picard, mine is Cisco, and yours is Giorgio. So you have that Section 31 show that's going to essentially be made at some point. 